welcome back to another new episode of the Balance Factor podcast. If you're new here, my name is Emily, I am your host, and this is a show where I help you understand the complexities of human health and well-being. For today's episode, we are joined by a very special guest all the way from Australia. We have Sophie Fisher, also known as Coconut and Bliss, to talk all about her simple recipes, her lifestyle, Pilates training, you name it. We dive deep into it today and I absolutely loved talking to her and I know you guys are going to love this conversation and I love hearing from people across the world because it gives you some insight on things they go through from a whole new perspective and how they overcome challenges. So I really enjoyed talking to Sophie and I'm excited to share this episode. And before we get into the bulk of this episode, we have a couple things to discuss. First things first, if you've been loving these episodes, this podcast, please, if you can, leave a rate and review. All you have to do is either click the stars or go down, scroll down if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a little message, tell me what you like, what episodes have been your favorite. I love hearing your feedback and really help support the show. So please, if you can do that, I would sincerely appreciate it. And aside from that, we got to talk about the weekly favorite as per usual. And for this week, my favorite has been something very random, but really good is sunflower seed butter. I typically eat almond butter or peanut butter, but I really felt like changing things up. So I saw sunflower seed butter at the grocery store and I was like, hmm, let's give this a try. And I've been putting it on everything and it's so good. So I feel like it's such an underrated product. So if you're looking to change up your butters and just bring some new flavors to your meals, your yogurt, your toast, your fruit, whatever you put it on, would highly recommend getting some sunflower seed butter because it goes a long way. Anyways, with that said, it's time we dive into this week's episode. So please welcome to the show, Sophie Fisher, also known as Coconut and Bliss. Okay, so why don't we dive into it? I want to know your story, this Coconut and Bliss. I mean, you've kind of gone, um, made a big presence on social media with your recipes, your tips, your tricks. I know you're a Pilates trainer. I want to know how this all started. A little bit about you, where you've come from. Give us like your elevator pitch here. Okay. So I am from Sydney. I've always lived in Sydney. So I grew up here. Um, I finished school around 10 years ago. And when I did that, I started a degree in media media and communications. Um, And while I was doing that, I really enjoyed it, but I kind of just wanted to start something on the side. And at that point in time, um, raw veganism was becoming a really huge trend. You probably remember like suddenly, you know, there were all these recipes where people were making raw cheesecakes and like desserts out of um, like nuts and things like that. And I was just fascinated by it. I was like, this is really like interesting because I would try these desserts and while they don't taste exactly like um, your classic dessert, I was just really fascinated by how you could create these healthier alternatives. So I randomly decided one day to start an Instagram account. And I would kind of at first use it as like a place where I would house all my photos of like different brunch locations and all the different cafes that I love to visit. But then 
one day I was like, I've always loved cooking so much. And I was like, why don't I try and replicate some of these recipes? So I did. And I found that when I did that, I was just gaining a lot of traction on social media. So I found that people were loving the recipes that I put up. Um, And I do think I was lucky with time in terms of timing because I think I was one of the first probably health food accounts. So I did grow pretty big pretty quickly. And um, I guess the more recipes I started to make, the more people were asking for more. And I ended up reaching about 100,000 followers. And I was still just using this as my side hustle, I guess, while I was at uni. Um, And then one day a an agency approached me and they were like, oh, we'd love to manage you. And I was like, this sounds awesome. Um, and when I did that, I did notice a little shift in my account. So instead of, you know, working with brands that were based on like health and wellness, it was kind of shifting more towards a lifestyle kind of angle, which at first my followers were quite receptive to, but it kind of did stray from that original niche and like my original passion. So I did that for a few years and then when I started full-time work, I think I felt really burnt out by Coconut Bliss, which was kind of sad because, you know, I'd started this as like my passion project. I loved cooking. I loved healthy recipes, but I felt like it kind of got a little bit lost along the way. So I decided to quit um, my management and I took a little break from Coconut Bliss and just focused on my full-time job, which was um, doing digital marketing. And I was really enjoying that. But then it was only last year in lockdown that I think I just had time to kind of slow down, think about things. And I was obviously cooking a lot more like everyone did in lockdown. And I suddenly was like, why did I throw away like this huge passion of mine? I have this platform. I still had around, I don't know, around 100,000 followers at the time. And I was like, why, why did I let this go? So I started posting again and I started creating recipes, but this time my recipes were a little bit different. So they weren't as restrictive in terms of being raw and vegan because I guess my eating has really evolved over time. And like looking back, I think just sticking to that diet is extremely restrictive. So my recipes um, have a more holistic approach now and um, I kind of, I classify them as healthy-ish. So, you know, it's not restrictive if I'm, you know, I use butter in some of my recipes, but I also give vegan alternatives for those who are vegan. Um, and I, yeah, I try and make the focus of my recipes really easy. So when I started that new approach, um, I found that people were loving my recipes again and it kind of took off. And yeah, I guess that's kind of how my account grew over the past year. And I started working with lots of brands again. I just started making it a huge focus. So that's kind of, yeah, how I how I built it up again. And then I also have a huge passion for Pilates. So last year I also did my instructor course and I now teach bar and Pilates on the side, which I also love doing um, because I love doing Pilates, but also there's something really rewarding about teaching it and giving to other people because you know, it's just an amazing start or end to their day. And you can tell that, you know, for a lot of people, it's like a form of meditation for them. So yeah. Of course. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I I am a personal trainer myself and I know that feeling when you're working with other people and you're just, you see what you're able to do for them. It's so rewarding when you 
be able to just connect with them and just make people feel good. So your whole story, that's just so interesting. And so these recipes that you come up with, and I also love the fact that you've shifted your approach from, you know, raw vegan to a more holistic. And I think that's really important, especially with the shift in diet culture and trends and things like that, because it's a much more inclusive thing. And it's easy for people to get narrowed down into these specific restrictive diets so you know having that approach to to approach to multiple different people is really important um so with your recipes i'm curious do you fully make those up on your own i do i mean i i think i kind of take two approaches my first approach is i go okay what's a classic recipe that i love say it's chocolate chip cookies i go okay how can i make this a little bit healthier and um, without being too restrictive and then I definitely have to do a lot of like testing in the kitchen before I get it right. Sometimes I get it right the first time. Sometimes I don't, but I do like, look, I look at my like favorite classic recipe and I make different swaps based on that. So I find that's the easiest way to do it. But then I definitely also just love scrolling reels and getting inspiration from others, which I think a lot of other people do, but I'm very conscious of, you know, putting my own twist on it. Um, of course, there are a lot of viral trends as well that are going around. So that's all that also acts as a form of inspiration for me but um at the same time you don't want to get stuck into just replicating those trends because you kind of want to offer something different to people as well so I think um yeah also flicking through recipe books and some of my old favorite recipe books from my childhood I find um has great inspiration as well so um yeah I guess that's where most of my inspiration comes from that's amazing. I always find when I see on reels, I'm like, do people actually come up with these recipes themselves or are they just copying other people? But you can tell with yours that it's either, you know, you've taken something and you've added that healthy twist to it, which I think is so important because we look at so many of these recipes, it's like, oh, I can't eat that specific thing in that, that recipe. And there's always a way to, you know, manipulate them, work with them, add more ingredients, take away ingredients. So that whole approach is just, it's really important in people's lifestyle and so the name coconut in bliss I'm curious is there a reason why that name is your Instagram name or like does it come from something where does it come from that is a really good question because I get asked this all the time and I don't really have an answer apart from the fact that I love coconut and I think I have no idea where the word bliss came from, but I felt, I just felt like I had a ring to it, like coconut and bliss. And then, so the name just stuck and, you know, I could change the name now because it doesn't really contain, I mean, I guess it's relevant in the fact that, you know, coconut is a food and a core ingredient that I use all the time, but yeah, there's, there's no real meaning behind it. Um, I kind of just liked the name about eight or nine years ago. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, it, it definitely goes with your style though and everything on your yeah. page. Like you can, it, it everything kind of lines up and matches together. So that's great. Um, so in terms of, you know, finding balance in your diet, this is something a lot of people struggle with on their day to day. You know, like you said, we have all this access to real social media. It can become extremely confusing. And now, I'm curious to know if you have any advice or tips or tricks that you use in the kitchen to really help implement more of a balanced and well-rounded diet um, throughout people's lives and everyday routine. Yeah, good question. And I love that you've raised this because I think, um, as I touched on before, I definitely um, was kind of influenced by everything that I saw in social media about 10 years ago. And I thought that raw veganism and eating like a perfectly healthy diet was the only way. And 
yeah, years after I kind of realized that, you know, you it's all, it all is about balance and eating intuitively and listening to your body. So I guess that's the main approach that I take. Um, I'm really not restrictive at all. If I'm going to go out to dinner with friends, I'm not going to sit there and worry about it because, you know, I, I think it's great to live by the 80-20 rule to eat healthy most of the time, but to definitely treat yourself, particularly when your body's craving it. Um, it's what keeps you sane. So I think, I think a balanced diet can look different for everyone. Of course, you know, depending on what works for your body, like some people are more sensitive to gluten than others. So you know, if you're gluten intolerant, you don't want to be eating heaps of gluten, but for some people that's absolutely fine. So I think it's getting to know your body, getting to know what works for you, what makes you feel good and um, to kind of eat in line with that. Um, I think, to be honest, in terms of like tips and tricks, I think meal prep and just planning, even mentally planning ahead is really important. And I don't really plan my like meal prep. I guess I'm all snack prep because I think it's really important to keep your blood sugar stable at all times during the day. So I like to have different healthy snacks on hand. So I don't, you know, suddenly reach a point where I'm ravenous and I reach for something that I don't want to. Um, so I love making healthy cookies and bliss balls and just having that those on hand for those times that I'm a bit desperate. And for storing those snacks, I'm curious, what's the best way to keep things that they don't go bad quickly i mean i've i do meal prepping and then i find by like three days i'm like okay this is not good anymore i'm gonna have to throw it out do you have any tips as to how to keep things fresh yeah well when i do my healthy baking i actually love just freezing everything so even um so they stay fresh like so i can you know even whip them out of the freezer like a week later so even my cookies i always have cookies frozen in terms of bliss balls they tend to last um a little while but I you can also store them in the fridge to make them last a little bit longer and what's your favorite snack to meal prep um I love my three ingredient cookies so they're um it's just got almond meal maple syrup and either butter or coconut oil and they taste so good they're just they're so quick and easy to make as well I'm gonna have to try those because that actually sounds really good good. Yeah. And is that like a single serving or is that multiple servings? Multiple servings. So yeah, it makes about 10, I think. So yeah, they're just great. I always make a batch at the the beginning of the week, but they don't last very long. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. I need to try those. And so you've mentioned that you do Pilates and so have you always been active growing up? Like where did this passion for health and wellness and overall well-being did that stem from somewhere as a child or is this something that you just acquired as you got older where did all this kind of come from these passions so in terms of my pilates i mean i've always i've danced since the age of three and i did um start to focus on ballet more in like my later high school years but then when i turned 18 and i finished school i kind of let that go because i was like oh i'm not going to take this any further like i knew i wasn't ever going to be a professional dancer um, and when I stopped this, I, I kind of, yeah, actually lost my like motivation for exercise for a few years, which was a shame because I'd been so active. Like I'd used to do netball. I was very active, like most days of the week. And then when I was about 22 or 23, my friend, um, she introduced me to extend bar, which I'm not sure if you have extend bar in Canada. I think 
maybe in the US extend bar exists, but um, it's basically a form of um, bar and Pilates. And I instantly just fell in love with it because I had tried out, you know, going to, you know, your classic gym and, you know, all the gym machinery. And I tried, you know, going on the treadmill and it just felt like an absolute drag for me. And I just couldn't bring myself to stick to any routine because I hated it. And I hated running. I just, um, I, I hated all those kind of yeah classic gym environments. So once I discovered bar, I then discovered Pilates and I was just like, this is amazing. It kind of draws on those elements of dancing. Um, but it's, yeah, kind of shifted into like a more exercise oriented setting. So um, I went to extend bar for years. I also branched out and went to other Pilates studios. And every time I went, I just felt so invigorated. And I honestly just left feeling so alive. And I was like, I would just love to become an instructor and just kind of, you know, incorporate this even more into my lifestyle than it I currently do. So that's what led me to kind of investigate that and do my training course. Um, and I have no regrets. Like I, I'm pretty busy still having my full-time job and running Coconut and Bliss and teaching sometimes before and after work. But I, yeah, I, I don't get tired by it. I, I feel like it actually makes me feel, you know, more energetic in a weird way. And I actually heard a quote on TikTok the other day and it was, um, it was something like, we all feel burnt out, not because we're doing too much, but because we're not doing enough of what makes us feel alive. And I, I actually think it's just so true. Like it's a little bit cliche, but I think that really rings true to me and my lifestyle. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think it's so common that, you know, as people graduate, and I'm not sure exactly the school system in Australia, but, you know, at the age of 18, when people go through that transition of leaving home and doing, you know, they'll dance, like I danced myself as well and did other sports. And then you kind of get taken away from those. And it's like, okay, what do I do now? And finding that thing that works for you is so challenging. Like I, I was a track athlete as well. And I, once I stopped, I didn't know how to exercise for myself. I was same with you. I would go to the gym and I'm like, this does not feel good. But I thought that was a norm because that's what everyone did. So I think it's so important that you just try so many different things, take on multiple different sports or fitness classes and just see what feels yeah. good. And, and there's, they're so different and they're so unique to each individual body that what worked for someone may not work for everyone else. It's so true. Like I think, um, yeah, I think it's a matter of trial and error and finding what works for you because I have friends who they they don't enjoy Pilates, so they can't stick to that routine. So I think, I think you know, it's finding that thing that you're like, oh, I actually enjoy doing this. For some people, it is running a marathon. For some people, it is more of like, you know, that circuit style training. So I think it's finding that because then you'll be able to stay motivated and stick to a routine. So yeah, you're so right in saying that. And I think it is hard, like once you leave school and you're in that kind of limbo of being like, wait, I don't have that structure anymore of like, you know, doing those after school activities or whatever. And I think, yeah, it's just, a, it's a matter of finding what you love and um, continuing to incorporate movement in your life, because I think it just is so important. And like, even for your mental health, it's just so important to, yeah, find some kind of movement that resonates with you. Yeah. And our, our bodies really are made to move and sitting every single day. I think especially during COVID and this pandemic, a lot of individuals were at home, sitting around, not moving. And that, that catches up with you. And it just, it's not good for your 
overall system, your serotonin levels, everything. It just really depletes your system. And so on the topic of staying motivated, yeah. you can tell through your content, you are very much, you know, consistent with taking care of yourself, showing up for yourself, moving your body, like we've talked about eating well, what do you do to stay consistent with that? And especially when you have say a day that you're just not feeling it, how do you overcome those barriers or mental blocks in your head to get past that and continue to do the things that make you feel good and you know that are good for you? Yeah, that's a good question. Cause I think, you know, everyone struggles with those days sometimes. And I think it's reminding yourself of how good you feel after you've done that workout or after you've eaten that healthy meal. I think it's, we so often just think about what we feel like doing in the moment. And, you know, sometimes you don't, yeah, you don't feel like eating healthy and you want to eat like rubbish or you don't, you just want to sleep and you don't want to do that workout, but you have to think about how will I feel after I've done that? And I think, you know, it's too often that we think about what we want in the moment versus the outcome and what we feel after. And that's not to say I think absolutely treat yourself to that sleep in sometimes because it's also so important to listen to your body. If you're feeling exhausted, then yeah, rest your body. But I think it's um, like looking, you know, at, at a, your week at a glance and doing like what you feel is right consistently for you. I think it's, yeah, just thinking about how you feel after. But it's also making these things exciting, like do a workout class with a friend instead of going alone, or instead of just eating a boring bowl of porridge, like make it interesting, like, you know, add some chocolate chips to it. It doesn't have to be boring. You can also, yeah, add in just little things to make these, you know, mundane tasks or healthy eating, whatever, more exciting for you. So yeah, I guess yeah. that's how I stay motivated. Yeah, and so interesting with the you know, making things more exciting. I think that's a really good point and a really good way to put it because, you know, we could easily just have a boring salad for dinner, but there's such simple, easy ways to make things more exciting and just taste good. Like even just adding fresh herbs into things just makes the world of difference in what you're eating. Yeah. And I know you also mentioned that you are managing, you know, you have your full-time career, I believe, and Coconut and Bliss and being a Pilates instructor. With all of that going on, how do you maintain balance in your lifestyle and not feel overwhelmed if maybe you do some days, but for the most part, how do you maintain consistency and ability to keep up with all of that? That's something that I've definitely um, kind of learned to manage a lot better in the past few months. I think um, it's really easy to get so caught up with everything and just go, go, go. And when you do that, that's when you reach burnout. So I have become much better with my time management. So I literally will allocate like, you know, I'll actually write out a schedule and allocate different times and things. And I make sure that I switch off at the end of the day by like 8 p.m. And I do whatever I want to do. I will watch a TV show or whatever because I used to just stay up really late working every night doing emails or invoicing or catching up on work or planning my Pilates classes. So I just make sure that I use my time way more effectively. And I I honestly just used to spend a lot of time scrolling TikTok, which of course I you know still do and I love TikTok. But suddenly I realized I was like, I could be using my time a lot more effectively right now. And 
be planning my classes for tomorrow or just catching up. So it's it's still enjoying those things, but just, you know, maybe reducing the time so you are just being more productive and then you can have that time to fully switch off and read your book at night or do those things that are actually, you know, good for yourself versus just sitting on social media 24-7. So, I know it's it's yeah. so easy just to keep scrolling and like there's even times where I'm sitting there I'm like, whoa, whoa, it's been like a half an hour. Like I didn't even realize yeah. I thought I was just – chilling for a minute and time goes by so I mean kind of putting that side of time and realizing okay this is not the time to get on the phone I need to do that later and focus on what the priorities are right now what those tasks are yeah totally and I think it's also really important to make sure you're still working your like friends into your routine as well because um I make sure that I, I do majority of my coconut blue stuff on a Sunday but Saturday, I completely block out to spend time with friends. So, and I still will like see friends on Sundays as well, maybe in the morning or the afternoon. But yeah, I make sure I, instead of like drawing it out over two days, I go, right, Sundays, that can be my coconut bliss day. I will get everything done then. But Saturdays, no coconut bliss. That is my time to enjoy with my friends. So I think it's good to kind of like compartmentalize and put things in boxes. So you're not drawing, you know, things out for days. It's kind of just like being efficient with your time. Exactly. And balancing especially social life can be so challenging when you're very career focused and driven, you know, getting caught up in being make uh, doing successful things and achieving your goals can be great. But you have to remember, we also have to live outside our careers and they don't they don't define who we are. And life is meant to be enjoyed and socializing is part of that. And that's something I've also learned a lot through my journey through school and everything that it's okay to put time aside to hang out with your friends and do things like that. And so I'm curious, so do you have a routine that you do throughout the week or like are your days structured? I know you mentioned you block off time. How do you kind of go about your week to stay on task? Um, I feel like it always helps when you have a full-time job and also I have my like set Pilates classes so I know what days I'm teaching. And I guess um, around that I can then you know, workout times that I can actually do my own workouts as well. So I think, so my job is like, my office job is nine to 5.30. So I always know that I'm going to be in the office or working from home in that time. And then I know that I teach on Tuesdays, Thursdays and Friday mornings. Sometimes I'll cover a few classes at night. But um, yeah, I guess that kind of, it kind of helps when you've got, you know, that office kind of structure. Um and then in terms of my weekends, they just look very different every weekend. And I think it's also a matter of not being too rigid and being like, oh, on Sunday mornings, I do this class. So, you know, I've got to make sure I do that. You know, weekends, I definitely am a little less hard on myself because I think, you know, it is important to have that sleep in and it is important to listen to your body. But if I am up and awake, then I'm like, yeah, I'll go to that Pilates class or I'll, you know work out, whatever. So I think it's yeah. a matter of having that loose kind of structure, but also being flexible when different things kind of pop up within that. Yeah, it's definitely challenging to be flexible, but it's it's a key factor to keeping things balanced and being able to enjoy yourself just with everything in life. And so I'm curious, so for Pilates, Pilates has become very popular. I'd say probably within the last year. I think people are really realizing how beneficial Pilates is and that you really don't have to go and lift weights to 
exercise to feel good or running or anything like that. I'm curious if you have any tips for people that are looking to try Pilates or they're in Pilates class in terms of things that they can do when they're in those classes to fully benefit from the movements, whether that's incorporating more breath. I'm not sure if you have any tips and tricks, but if you do, if you want to share what those kind of look like and how they can fully maximize from the experience. Yeah, sure. Um, I think it's just so important to focus on your form because if your form is perfect, that's what's going to get you results. So I guess it's all about really listening to your instruct instructor for those cues that they give you. So once they give you those cues, it's also about that mind-body connection. So it's if you're doing a glute exercise, it's like, where am I feeling this? And you may have to make like small little adjustments to your form. And once you find those adjustments, you're like, oh, okay, now I'm feeling my glutes even more. So I think it's, yeah, it's really important to, to not just kind of daydream and like, you know, just let momentum, sorry, let your body kind of swing through momentum, but use a lot of control. Think about your form and then just ask yourself, where am I feeling this exercise and where should I be feeling it? Because I think it's so often that people kind of, you know, they're just in their own world and like, wow, that's great. And like, you know, it's, as I said, it's a form of meditation and it's whatever you want to make your workout. But if you're there to kind of get results, I think it's all about bringing your mind back to it and focusing on each movement and exercise. Exactly. And I think that's why Pilates, at least for me personally, and I know other people experience this, it's challenging I find more mentally and physically compared to going to like something like a spin class because it's so high paced where it takes you out of your head already. So you know that you're like, okay, I'm spinning right now. I have to turn the intensity up. This is what I'm doing versus Pilates. You you know, you're kind of, you have that ability to think while you're doing it, which makes it so challenging. But the outcomes of being able to really get into your body while you're doing it, I think are so beneficial so I think that's great advice for anyone who you know wants to try Pilates or is going to classes but aren't really fully feeling like they're benefiting from it and yeah so that is awesome I want to know if you have any advice while we wrap things up here any advice to what you would tell your younger self say that 18 year old you who you know kind of lost their passion for fitness for health and well-being what would you tell that younger self on how to really, you know, prioritize how they feel, but also balance having still fun in life and doing the things they enjoy? Um, probably just try lots of things and figure out what feels right for you. I think that's the main thing. And also just not to take everything so seriously. Like, as I said before, eating restrictively or thinking you have to eat healthy 24-7, that's not realistic. That's not That's not healthy. That's not balanced. And, um, yeah, so I guess just relaxing and enjoying everything, enjoying, enjoy eating, enjoy exercising and just find a routine that works really well for you. Yeah. And I think that's so it's, it, you know, I saw this, um, I think it was a a TikTok, it might've been, or an Instagram post that said, you know, if you're 80 years old and you're looking back at yourself, you're not going to be thinking about how restrictive you were with your diet you're going to think about those core memories and things that you did to make yourself feel good but also just enjoy life so I think that was a really good piece of advice and so if anyone's interested to find you um where can they follow you all your socials what are they 
So my um, recipe Instagram is Coconut and Bliss and I'm also on TikTok, Coconut and Bliss. And I, as of this week, I have started a Pilates account called Burn and Bliss. So I'll be sharing lots of my workouts on there. I thought two platforms wasn't enough. Need need a third one. (laughs) That's so exciting. And I love how all the names go together. That's great. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to Sophie. I love this conversation and I really hope you guys did too. Make sure to rate and review this podcast. It really helps support the show. And you can check out all of my socials below. Everything is at Balance Factor. I hope you have an absolutely amazing week and I will see you next Wednesday for another new episode. Bye guys. Bye.